Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Was his ability to lock in on a game plan from a positional standpoint, how we tried to settle him down and exactly what we're asking him to do, uh, moving around and do those types of things. So I just think his response has, has led to some quick production. So hopefully there'll be more and uh, we need to continue to ask more of him and he's showing every indication that he can handle it. Gary Kubiak talking about Vikings, I, I think it's safe to say star rookie wide receiver Justin Jefferson going into uh, this week four game against Houston. Before we get into Purple Daily with our friend Courtney Cronin today and talk about the best case scenario for this team now that they're 0-3. Quick word from Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated is on Twitter right now, at Federated INS, if you want fresh, relevant risk management content on a variety of topics like working in extreme temperatures, distracted driving, and more. Be sure to follow them, at Federated INS on Twitter. And check out this month's Risk Management Corner article addressing fire prevention. Fire Prevention Awareness Week is October 4th through the 10th, and this year's theme is find fire before fire finds you. At Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. Football. You know, different protocols, different, uh, a lot of uh, information gathering from uh, COVID people and from the league, And but uh, it's been good. You know, we had good meetings today, and hopefully we'll get out to practice tomorrow. COVID people. I like the way Zimmer, Zimmer's like, yeah, we got, you know, we got all our coaching staff. We got the players and like Rick Spielman's over here in Brzezinski. And then there's just a bunch of COVID people running around. I don't know what's happening. Uh, Mackie and Judd, Declan producing. It's Purple Daily and Courtney Cronin from ESPN.com. She is a Vikings insider. Um, who, who are the COVID people that Mike Zimmer is referring to? Is that like Eric Sugarman and his staff? Yeah, it's Eric Sugarman, and then there's a cu- couple other, I guess what you could refer to is like the people who are in charge of uh, making sure the protocols are seen through, the COVID cops um, is how I've heard them <laughs> referred around the league. And, I mean, they're, they're people who, like, did not have this job, obviously, before the 2020 season. So they're learning on the fly just as much as these players and these coaches. But, man, they have a hard job because – what we know around the league, not everybody's taking this so seriously, and I can't imagine the amount of babysitting a lot of these uh, COVID people have had to do of coaches who are like, yeah, yeah, whatever, let me get back to the X's and O's, when this is clearly a very, very serious thing. I mean, the, the league put out a memo today about you can't leave town during your bye week, so 
that's sure to ruffle a few feathers. Um, but certainly, I mean, this is a serious situation and I didn't think it would happen this soon into 2020, but hopefully this serves as a wake up call to everybody else that like, yeah, you can get this. Like it's serious. Um, take it seriously or don't play football. What has changed? So because of the Titans, um, uh, being uh, sick or ha- having a-, a bunch of guys get this. What is the league changed besides the fact that you can't leave for the bye week too? Because that, to your point, Courtney, mm-hmm. that's a massive change. And we all know that a lot of guys go to very warm places with beaches. Um, yeah. So how, how many protocols is the league going to establish now off of this Titans incident? Well, I think there's still kind of a work in progress. I know the NFL Network was reporting earlier that the NFL and the NFLPA are down in Tennessee on Friday to investigate kind of like what the hell, what like what were wrong and, and what happened. Because I know Mike Vrabel said, we followed every protocol. We did this, that, and the other thing. Well, when you talk to people behind the scenes and you know what's really going on in Tennessee, it doesn't really feel like that's completely the truth. So um, even when Rick Spielman, when I asked him, do you feel like the Titans were negligent in potentially fielding players who had exposure to people, not just the coach, but the practice squad DB that they signed last week, um, fielding players who may or may have not come into contact with them. I mean, Rick said it's a league, it's a league decision. So, um, you know, I think that it's a good thing that this happened early in the season because now they're going to be able to put protocols in place to kind of keep this thing going. And if you're not functioning in a bubble, it's a lot harder um, and you truly need a buy-in. And so it's going to be a forced buy-in because there are a lot of people in this league who clearly have not taken this seriously. I mean, you've seen the fines already for um, guys not wearing masks on the sideline and in that stupid gator looking thing. I make it work on my scarf like this, like this is not going to protect anybody. Um, <laughs> But like, it's, you know, they're going to increase the testing from what the memo that I saw uh, this morning, that it's going to be, you know, they've reached an agreement, the NFL and the NFLPA, that they're going to extend daily testing, and then players and coaches are not allowed to leave the city during the bye week, which, yeah, it stinks, but like, you don't need to go to Mexico for four days in the middle of the pandemic, like get over yourself, like you'll be fine staying here, like you can do the like the mental detox and like take away um, you know, a little bit of a break here. I just, I don't think you're going to see much pushback on that because they don't have a choice. We should do a Mount Rushmore of Vikings players most likely to have like an OBJ photo on a boat or something during bye week. <laughs> Adam Thielen, number one, guaranteed, just super <laughs> reckless. Um, so they're zero three. They're going into this game against Houston. Houston's zero three, but they've also played probably the toughest schedule so far. I mean, that's their excuses. I don't know. We played the MVP, the Super Bowl MVP, and then a former Super Bowl MVP. Um, or did Ben Roethlisberger not win a Super Bowl MVP? Whatever. Like we've played a Hall of Fame quarterback. Three really good teams, yeah. And uh, and so now it's now it's time to go here. So you could you could see the Vikings winning this game. This is a game that it, it's a fifty fifty game. Houston's not the same defense that they've been in, in years past. Uh, and then in two weeks it's Atlanta. So like if you're optimistic as a Vikings fan, you could see a path to two wins in three games. Um, I guess my question to you guys, we'll start with Courtney is. What do you think the best case scenario is after this 0-3 start? Like, is there a path for the Vikings to crawl back toward 500 and to flirt with that seventh playoff spot? Yeah, I think there is. I I actually picked them uh, to win this weekend in Houston because I think Houston is in worse shape than Minnesota. 
Um, some will argue that they do have the better roster overall, but they don't know how to put talent together. Like they have all that talent and none of it is cohesive. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with it's like, let's start at the top. Like Bill O'Brien does not need to be the general manager because clearly the roster, the decision decisions that he's made has screwed this team and made them a lot worse. Um, by trading away DeAndre Hopkins, by, you know, all of the financial strain that's on this team, the fact that they don't have draft picks the next few years. Like, it's a lot. So, I, but I mean, as it speaks to the team now, you know, you go up 21 and you don't score in the second half. Like, that's a problem. And it's not that just like, I mean, we've seen these collapses happen from them before. And some people will argue, well, they started out 0-3 in 2018, like, and they, you know, made it to the playoffs that year. It's hard to climb out of that type of hole. I mean, I think the sense of urgency and the desperation from both sides to avoid 0-4 is going to be very real because teams that are 0-4, like, just don't make it to the postseason. The last team in the Super Bowl era to do that was 1992 Chargers. So, I mean, it's been a while. And on top of that, like, yes, the, the, the playoff format's expanded. But are you do you really deserve to be in the playoffs at 7-9? and nine? That's a first-round exit waiting to happen. Like, I think it's like – I wouldn't want to be. I mean, I'm sure some of you people would be like, oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, as long as you get in, you get in. Great, but – I don't see seven wins on this Viking schedule. So that's kind of the hard thing for me when I'm like looking at this, but yes, I do think this Houston game is winnable for them. Um, Cause at some point something's got to give. And if it doesn't give now, it probably won't this season. Um, and this is probably in the first court in the first up until the bye. this is the most, their most winnable game at this point. So I think two and four is plausible, but I guess because I could see beating Houston Certainly losing to Seattle. And then unless Dan Quinn is fired, in which case I think the Falcons beat you because they get a boost from that. If they come in with Dan Quinn, I could see the Vikings winning that game. So two of the next three to get to two and four. Here's my, I guess, um, uh, statement of importance to that, though. It's all It all depends on how that looks. Because if you mm-hmm. if you beat up on two bad teams and, and it literally becomes uh, – uh, we suck, you suck, we'll win. Then I don't care. Mm-hmm. Now, if I see, to me, the most important thing throughout this entire year is going to be not only do you win, but what do games, and lose, but what do the games look like? Because I'm still mm-hmm. telling you, there were things in that Titans game that in 2020, I said, all right, tough loss, but a lot of positives as far as individuals go. So I'm sure. not, I'm not really... Because to me, it's like if you somehow sneak into that seventh seed, I just don't care. Like it's a waste of time. So I agree. The importance to me is is not do you win because it could be an ugly game where everyone plays crappy. The importance to me is do you win or lose and do key young players develop. So it's actually development that I want much more than than the end result of is that a win or loss. Yeah, and I think to the naked eye, it's going to be hard to tell like how far along the development's coming, especially for these young corners. Because Mike Zimmer was asked about this the other day, like, what is it like coaching young corners who you anticipate having to take time with, but they have to play right now? Versus, what is it like having cornerbacks who essentially have already done that, I guess, and, and they're forced to play right now? I mean, it's 
this is a process that wasn't supposed to be expedited. It wasn't supposed to be like, okay, just throw them in there. Everything will be fine. Like we're watching the development in real time. And I think that that's why it's so hard for this fan base because you're you're looking at it and saying, wow, look at all the explosive pass plays that they gave up last week. Look at Holton Hill and, you know, he's so hot and cold and Mike Hughes can't even get on the field and, and Cam Dancer, we saw one game from him. So it's, it's, there's just, I hate when people talk about sample size because I think that can be a real big cop out. Um, but they really don't have a lot that you're going off of here being like, okay, in these many games, wow, things look either this bad or this good. And um, I think pretty soon you're going to be able to tell just like how far that development has come. But this is something that we knew could take to like November or December until you're like, wow, these corners can actually hold their own. You actually feel comfortable fielding, fielding them against another NFL team. Um Elsewhere, though, like offensively, like with Justin Jefferson, you see the game that you saw last week and you're like, okay, that's improvement. Um, but there's a caveat to it because it's like, okay, was was he just giving Jefferson the the um, Adam Thielen treatment where he's only targeting that guy? Like where he's not – he's like Thielen's three catches for 29 yards and a touchdown is not bad. But like is it just because he decided to go target the other guy that Thielen now – I mean – was there anything that actually changed or was it just that Jefferson was his guy that day? It's like typically the treatment he gives to Adam Thielen, if that makes sense. So yeah. it's like that type of improvement I think is very marginal and you won't be able to tell it like right away until we have a much bigger sample size of games and things like that to go off of. So I'm just a quick perusing through the schedule here again. I think there are, including this week against Houston, I think there's like there's seven, maybe eight games that I would give them at least a puncher's chance to win. I'm and mm-hmm. I and I'm sort of I'm sort of taking away their puncher's chance against Seattle, against Green Bay, against at least against Chicago on the road. I'm taking it away against Tampa and New Orleans. Like they and if they win one of those games, bravo, like you will have shocked me. I think you can win Houston. I think you can win Atlanta. I'm not saying you're likely to win any of these games based on their start. Detroit a couple of times, like those are always games that you can get. Carolina and Jacksonville at home. I would even mm-hmm. put you know, Dallas. Like Dallas is a weird team. Dallas can just sort of not show up. So I would put them on this list. And that's six right there. So Houston, uh, Atlanta, two against Detroit, Carolina, oh, you're Dallas. Having, you're having them keep Detroit. Okay, I always have them split with Detroit, but that's fine. No, actually, you're probably right on that. I, so let's let's go. Let's go one against Detroit. Lose. They're going to lose in Chicago. It always happens. So then you at yeah. least have you have splitting with Detroit and then splitting with Chicago. So if, if you give them, and I don't even know if I would give them a split against Chicago this year, but like it's a maybe. So Houston, Atlanta, Detroit once, Chicago once, Carolina, Jacksonville, Dallas. That gets you to seven puncher's mm-hmm. chance games. And I think, I just think if, if your options are go run the table with those seven and maybe get an extra one for eight or... Why don't you split those seven and win four games this season? What's the better thing for the Vikings' chances to win a Super Bowl long term? I think it's four and twelve. I don't think seven and nine sure. helps your franchise. No, it doesn't because it helps you. It doesn't help your draft positioning. If you're seven and nine, you are a playoff team. That's going to make you, you know, what a fifteen and below draft pick. You're not going to get really what you want. Do you want another corner? You want another first round offensive lineman that doesn't pan out the way you expect him to right away? Like. Those are your options. So I think that if they, but they've got to figure out like, what's their end game? Is their end game? We need a quarterback and we need one badly. Then four and 12, I think 
But you're asking them, like, it's like, are they going to throw games or are they just not going to try? Is going to move a bunch of guys to IR um, to deplete the roster? I mean, that's a tough sell. And I think that's a very obvious one that people will be able to point out if it's happening. But let's say it does happen and circumstances have nothing to do with my control or what I'm guessing in my head that I think four and 12, certainly for the long-term health of your roster for a team that's built for 2021, you can make the decision to go get another quarterback. If you, I mean, you're not going to be in play for Trevor Lawrence. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen, but you could be in play for somebody like Justin Fields that four and 12 would certainly help you at that rate. Well, I mean, Daniil Hunter is probably like if Daniil Hunter doesn't come back this season or if, mm-hmm. he, if it's just like the season gets away and it doesn't make sense to bring him back. I, I don't see how this defense is going to all of a sudden be like, you know, a 19, 20 points per game defense. If he doesn't come back, like it's going to be hard to hold teams under 27 points the whole season. So that could be your answer yeah. right there. Sure. And I mean, the trade deadline comes up in what three or four weeks. Like, are they going to potentially move pieces too? I mean, that's something third, that really, yeah. Election day. Um, something you got to think about. <laughs> get out there yeah, and trade I mean, rock the trade is, it, as they used to say like what if they what if they what if they have like the idea that like hey we need more draft capital and we want to be able to like have multiple first round picks and we think that that's going to help our roster in 2021 well what if you start unloading pieces on a defense that you think are either getting up there in age or you can get good asset by by sell high um on them now i mean you might do it like or even with you know here's a here's an example what about riley reef what if they traded him at the deadline if they determined that Ezra Cleveland was ready because the year was already awash anyways to go ahead and take over at left tackle? That's a I don't great know what one. You're gonna get. I don't know what you're going to get for Reef at this point. It could be something. You know, if you're and the then you, it, then you don't look, then you don't look completely full, foolish for like not playing him this year and then having him sit on the bench the whole season. Okay, so he, here's the key question: four weeks in, then or th- three weeks in, three games in. What's your sense of how Mike is dealing with this? And what's your sense if Rick decided to say, Mike, look, it's done. It's done too bad, but we both got extensions. Uh, So at the deadline, they did make some trades. Mm -hmm. How do you think that plays internally, I guess, going to the head coach at TCO Performance Center? Well, Zimmer hasn't conceded yet that, like, this is a rebuilding year. The pivot is happening. It's very obvious it's happening. But I think that's just thing for him is too hard to do. He's never been on, you know, a part of a team that tanked. Um, and it's so obvious. And there's such a taboo with it, even though there shouldn't be. Because it's a strategy. What is football? Football is a strategy. Like, this is like a game of battleship. So tanking is part of that. Um, I, I don't know what it would take for Zimmer to be like, fine, whatever. Let's just, just try to get this sh- let's try to get this over with because this is going to be a real big, this is going to be a lot to get through the rest of the year. So they'd have to be, man, by weeks, what is that? Like week 10 or week nine by like November 3rd, they'd have to be like one and eight at that point. Um, I think for Zimmer to kind of concede on something like that, but like Phil said, if there's like a puncher's chance at seven and nine is still in play, I don't think that would sit well with Zimmer at all. So they, yep. So it's, it's, um, November 3rd would be they would have seven games under their belt going into the ninth week and their bye would already have happened. So it's after the Green Bay game and there's a real chance that you could be like two and five is sort of the optimistic scenario unless you upset Seattle or Green Bay. Like there's a really good chance you're a one and six team or a two and five team going into that Mm -hmm. trade deadline. I like the reef idea is a great one because 
Like there's a there's like zero chance he's on the roster next year, anyways. Yeah, and, why not? Like, I mean, load it and see like if they if they're bad, go ahead and put Ezra Cleveland in there. Let him like let him learn. Yeah, like could you even right now because they, they don't have a second round pick. You're not going to get like you could maybe get like a six round pick or something for Riley Reef, but like you've got you have three six round picks, two fifth round picks, three fourth round picks. If you acquired like another six round pick. Rick, Rick Spielman would then be looking to take these mid to late round picks, package enough together to maybe get back up into the second round at some point to use sure. that chip to maybe get back higher in the first round for a quarterback. I don't know, but more tra- more draft capital is probably the priority if you are two and five at the trade deadline. I'd love to be in that room. I, I agree. Yeah, that conversation would be so interesting. Reckless speculation. All right. Well, we'll see what they do against Houston, and uh, if they if they win the game, it's sort of all right. Well, maybe you can get some momentum going. Mm-hmm. If they lose, it's it's full now. It's full on now. It's full on tank for Trevor and fail for Field, etc. <laughs> uh, that's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily. We appreciate you hanging out, and don't forget Vikings Vent Line right after the game is over on Sunday live on our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash Purple Daily Podcast. We'll see you all next time.